listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. People need to simmer down. People need to just chill out. Uh, and that's that's what we're talking about tonight, is that um, people need to simmer down. <laughs> people need to chill. Really, a lot of times what will happen is we'll experience stuff, and then we observe it together and then we comment on it together um in life and we're just like looking at this is like so we're watching you start seeing stuff and you're like (laughs) you can't believe it sometimes you're like looking at stuff and you're like i can't even believe this or you know it just gets i think what sparked it for me when we were talking today was You know, during this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, although work is being done and, you know, life is still going on, school is still going on, you know, ministry work is still going on, there is a pause that happens. There is, and and it's important that that happens. I feel like sometimes people, you know, I can't do the fast, I can't do this, because they haven't set these 21 days to look different. It's not only just prayer and fasting, things should look different because, you're taking that time, I feel like, to stop and listen to what God's instruction is for the year, what God has for you. You know, if you're always talking in your prayer, there has to be a time where you're... There has to be a listening there time. There has to be a time to listen and to hear his answers because he is always going to answer. You're always going to receive an answer. And But lots of times I feel like people think that he's not answering but really he is it's because they're too busy they they haven't stopped to listen and so we see a lot of scenarios through people where they always have to just be doing something I think I was even talking to Alex about this um pastor Alex the other night um because it's like you know, if someone else is doing something, then that person feels like it's, they have to be doing it. Or, you know, it, it, what's going on today? I, I can't, I, you know, people don't know how to just be still. It is hard, though. I mean, you have to, you have to be okay with your thoughts. And, you, you know, that's why I felt like to. there were people, there's a show that's on the History Channel called Alone. And um, if you've ever seen it, for a lot of people, they take people out and drop them, you know, in the middle of nowhere (laughs) by themselves and they have to survive as long as they can. And they have to film themselves and everything. There's no there's no crew. But most of those people, if you watch that show, even though they're survival experts, they'll do stuff on purpose so they can go home. They'll purposely like lose their knife in the water or you can tell. I mean, no survival experts going to drop their knife. That's like num- that's like one oh one. But then you hear them talking at night in their tent. And they're like, I've been such a bad father to my kids. I need. And it's like they get out there with their thoughts by themselves and they can't deal with their internal voice. They've got no peace. It, it's, it's like it was no surprise to me when several of the guys like one guy that won it was a missionary. You know, people that are Christians. It's because people. If, if you don't have that peace inside you, if you don't have that uh, comforter that's with you, people cannot get out there and be alone with their thoughts. It, like, drives people nuts. They can't just settle down and be silent. Yeah. I mean, it. like Leslie said, they do. They go crazy. 
And so you have to learn. You have to train yourself. Mm. What? Suzanne Caperton watches it. Alone yeah. is amazing, she said. I could do it. Because you could do it. I could do it. Because I don't mind being Everything alone. would be painted I'm in the forest <laughs> when you were done. Everything would be fully painted, fixed, <laughs> straightened up. <laughs> but I could do it. I mean, like, I can get in the car, and I can either blast music and, like, sing at the top of my lungs, or literally it could be, most of the time, it's silent. Because yeah. I'm good and I'm thinking and I'm and I'll take time to talk to the Lord. And, you know, not everything has to be in this position of a holy moment. You don't have to not that it's bad, but it's not like I have to be in my room with worship music playing in the background in my prayer closet to have a moment with God. There's lots of times where I am alone and I'm in the car and, you know, I hear speaking. And so you have to take that time to put yourself in that position and that's what we're doing in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. But I see people getting so busy and they're they're going after what other people have or what other, you know, what other people are receiving from the Lord. And it's like, wait a second. He is so like he cares so much about each of us individually yeah. and for our family. So what does God have for me? What are my next steps? You know, we, I mentioned to you Psalm 1, and it talks about how, you know, the tree is planted by the riverbank. But the tree is planted, meaning the roots are in the ground. The roots are receiving from that riverbank. And so if, if it's always moving around, what is it planted to? What is it connected to? Where are you getting your revelation from? Where are you getting your next instruction from? But you're always like, well, that person's doing that, so I'm going to go do that. Or I really want that. There's a lot of things that we all really want in life. And I, ha I always say this, like, it doesn't mean you're never going to have them. There are things we've received in our life that have come at certain times. And it, it's not that you're never going to have it. And people don't know how to just be okay with that. It's what's the next thing that's going on. You know how we talk about, like, people who always feel like there has to be an event in their life to live absolutely it's like let's just have a baby we won't have a baby we won't have a baby because you know having a baby is like you know or like let's buy a house no big deal let's buy a house let's do this let's get let's, a car let's get a car you want to get a car i haven't had a new car like, like I, i've sat still for for home for two weeks and i was just thinking oh man it would be nice i've had a lot of instagram ads pop up and say oh there's a sale going on at the dealership you want to get a car you want to get a car let's get a car people no go from deal. like one it's like, like life down. life itself can't just be life. It has to be marked by one event to the next event or one big purchase to the next purchase. Right. It's like it can never just be. It's like just be. Right. Just, just, and it's not, nothing's wrong with being busy, but for busy work's sake is like, is like another, people fill their time purposely with stuff. And there's some, there's something wrong with busyness for busyness <laughs> sake. Right. You know, um, and then what, because here's the thing, when you get that way, so much is going on, it becomes so packed with events, thoughts, just you fill everything with everything that you don't hear from the Lord. And, um, I, I'll use this sometimes. That's right. Glenn just quoted the scripture, be still and know that I am God. Um, there's 
something that happened with Jacob that until he was still, until he went to the Jabbok River, sent all of his livestock, possessions, children, servants, wives across and got alone with God, there was no encounter with God until he got alone with God. And that's why he removed every distraction, including family members, possessions, everything. What he owned, his 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 purpose, his even his job, and all of that was removed from him. And then he was left alone. And the Bible says, and then when he was alone, the Lord came to meet with him. And then, as we know the story, wrestled with him, renamed him, gave him his own covenant. And it didn't happen until he was alone with God. If you're so busy all the time, something's got to happen all the time. Something's going on all the time. Then you miss, you miss out on um, that encounter with God. Yeah, you'll you'll miss out on provision. You'll miss out on. Um, yes. Stay with us. <laughs> you'll miss out on provision. God has, like I said at the beginning exactly something specific specific for each and every person and you'll miss out on where god has you planted where you're supposed to be if that's um you know you were talking about jacob i was thinking of elisha being fed by the ravens you can get a lot of revelation out of the story you could you can get a lot of of out of it but he was told to go to a certain place because of the drought that was coming the famine but in that place where he was by himself, there was provision. If he didn't go there, there wouldn't have been a place that was going to keep him. There wouldn't have been protection. There wouldn't have been, you know, what the Lord has provided for him. And then when it was time to move on, he gave him instruction to go find the widow. And then that was a whole other miracle in itself. Going to find her, she needed him and he needed her. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to work together. But you can miss out on so many miracles in your life by not going with the instruction, being where you're supposed to be. And, go. you know, when God gave us instruction to move, everything had lined up perfectly. Sure, we did it quickly, but we did it on God's timeline. You know, you gave a year left at the church you were at. You know, we but we got the instruction that year before. But everything was still on God's timeline. We weren't too early and we weren't too late. And because of it, everything has been so easy since we moved down to Florida. Just by listening to instruction and just being. And of course, we're surrounded by ministry friends, ministry family, everything that's going on. And people are doing things all over the place, great and mighty things. But I love how you got that from uh, Pastor David Oedepo was like, if you didn't, you know, call me to do it, if you didn't tell me to do something let it about remain it, undone. let it let it remain undone because I'm going to stay in, you know, just like he, you've heard Pastor Ted mention all the time about like if it, 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 so many people in my family have been on TV, but if he didn't tell us to do it, we're not going to do it because then if we try to do that then it would have been a lot of hardship at the time. Everything, literally, I look back over the 14 years of our ministry and everything has fallen into place at the right time. I look back and I'm like, man, if we would have had that earlier, I don't think that would have worked out for us. Or if we would have had this, you know, because sometimes you're in the now and you're like, I wish, I, I wish, I wish, I wish. But really, God has it 
getting ready to give to you at the specific time when you get to that spot. And and that's how, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that just can't be and they miss out on what God has for them because faith plays into that resting. Yeah. There's There's faith and rest. There's a rest in faith. Yeah. There's a rest in faith. If you have faith, you can rest. You can rest. And that that not being all over the place doing all those things, it truly does give you access to just be in his presence. I, it brought me to this. I was thinking of this as we talked about it. If you have your Bible, look at Luke chapter 10. And um, this is really interesting because everybody's into like serve, 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 do, do, do. And yes, but what ends up happening is if you fill yourself or fill your time with uh, too much, you're missing out on what you should be receiving. That's why even at our church, we're doing our very best to not have people serve every single week. We don't want you to serve every single week. Now, we're growing, we're new, we're doing everything we can, but we don't want people serving every single week. We want people sitting and receiving. We want people sitting and receiving. I don't want every usher ushering every week. I don't want every media team person being in media every week. I don't want every greeter greeting every week and children's worker working every week. I want people to sit in the service and simply receive. You should serve, but you should also receive. If you serve too much, then you burn out. If you sit too much, then you... um, Basically, you get complacent. You got all this fuel and and don't do anything with it, right? So there's a balance. If you serve too much, you burn out. But if you sit too much, then you become complacent. You become critical. That's what happens. When people aren't attached to a vision through serving, then it's very easy to just become critical. You judge everything because you're not working on anything. It's hard to be critical of something that you are a, an integral part of. I'm going to say that again. It's very hard to become critical of something you're an integral part of because it's like you're attacking yourself. Think about that. <laughs> Dylan said, if your whole family preaches and you do not, are you supposed to preach? Asking for a friend. Just kidding. <laughs> you got to do what God's called you to do. Gotta, but But think about that. It's hard to be critical of something you're an integral part of because it's like you're becoming critical of yourself because you're a part of that team, you're a part of that vision. You know, when you come to Miracle Word Church, it's not ushers versus greeters versus band versus tech. <laughs> They're not all separate teams in the same league that are well, facing each that other. That would be a fun game. <laughs> ushers Night versus greeters. Or something. <laughs> Tech team versus band. It's it's not a, a competition. Kid teachers would totally win. You realize <laughs> that the teachers and the greeters and the ushers and the media team and, and the band, they're all on the same team. They're working for the same goal. They're doing the same thing. Right. They're different aspects of the same team. Yeah. It's not a versus. <laughs> you, you understand? I remember when we, you know, were talking to Bishop Rick about starting the church, and that was like such great wisdom he gave us was – you know, we're not doing this whole like I'm I'm the leader of of just worship or I'm the le- I'm, right. I'm the head usher. I'm the head 
greeter. It's like everybody's in this ministry together. We're all on board. We're all looking at this vision together. And it's all a piece of us. Right. So we're all going to step in. If, if, if someone needed help in one area, you know, to the best of our ability, I'm sure Tiffany would not want me touching her media buttons. But listen. <laughs> don't push my media buttons. <laughs> but you know who said it right? Carolyn, don't unplug that. <laughs> don't touch that button. Mike Laval said it. I think it was Mike Laval said it. That was a great way to put it, Mike. I was searching for that, but you found it. If you serve too much, you burn out. But if you sit too much, you stall out. That's such a great way. Mike. Mike, you're going to get a shirt for that. Mike's catching impartation at the church. We're going to make Mike a shirt. We've got to make a shirt. We've got to make a shirt. I'm going to make it into sandals for him. <laughs> I'm going to make it into I'm going to make it into a toe ring. Um, <laughs> Mike's getting Thanks, sandals. Mike. That's good. If you serve too much, you burn out. If you sit too much, you stall out. Because what happens, right? Here's what happens. I've I've seen people, I've seen people that literally all they do is serve. All they do is serve. All the, yeah, Jess said we're going to get it into a, a wife beater for yeah, you, Mike. Yeah, it's probably what he's wearing We're going right to make it into a wife I bet you money if he Are texts us a picture. Are you wearing that right now? He's wearing a wife beater just home right now. Just raise your emoji hand. I can just tell you right now. Put a hand up, Mike. Just testify to the truth. Testify to the truth, kid. Um, I can't see that. <laughs> Yeah, fire. So, um, truly, that's what happens. I've seen, I've watched people burn out. I've watched it. Me too. I've watched people burn out. They started excited. They started on fire. They started so ready to do anything. And then I watched them burn out. And as a pastor, I've got my eye on that. Because I don't want people burning out. I want to do everything we can do to make sure people are not burning out, but also people aren't stalling out. Yeah. Because if you don't get involved, if you just come and sit and sit and sit and you don't serve, you'll stall. You'll stall. You're not you're not invested. You're not using your gifts and talents. You're not serving the house of God. It's a mistake to just sit and sit and sit and sit and never serve. Same way it's a mistake to serve and serve and serve and serve and never sit. And we and, you know, and people always have that servant's heart. So they're always like asking and asking. And that's where on our end, we have to be aware and be like, you know, there are some people at our church that love the vision so much. That's that's all they want to do. But we have to tell them, like, no, we're not putting you on this Sunday because it's time to get the fuel. You've right. got to get get that, keep that, and get we the need fire it. going. We, we need, need it. it. You know, like, we need it. And, That's and why we go around throughout the year to different men and women of God to just go sit. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Like, I don't want. Oh, thanks, Debbie. I don't want. Oh, that was nice. I don't want to see people. Uh, you know, burned out. I, I need you to sit. I need you to just be in the service. I need you to just receive from the anointing. You know, and so we're doing everything we can. You know, I've talked with Jenna. I've talked with Tiffany. I've talked to the team about we're trying to get more and more people involved because I don't even want, especially my team that's on staff, I don't want them having to run around every single week, Um. You know, and never being able to sit in the service and receive from the anointing because that reception of, of what God has for you, it empowers you to then go back and serve again. 
and go back and serve again. And then you come back and get filled up again. Because what happens is it takes that fuel and that anointing to do your job. And if you don't have that fuel continually pumped into you, you run out. And then what do you have to start doing at that point? And then you start pulling from the flesh instead of the spirit, the flesh. And then that's when you start getting people yelling at people at the door. And that's when you get start getting people that, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. No, because then you become that bitter person that becomes poison. And then you're gossip and you're talking bad about the ministry and you're talking bad about your pastors. And then you're talking, you know what I mean? It, it goes downhill for you. And you, you end up, your life ends up suffering from it. So Hunter says, how do you prevent burnout as a ministry lead? You know, because obviously, you know, as the pastor, I'm pastoring all the time, you know, I'm pastoring all the time, but Carolyn said it a moment ago, I'm not, I'm, I'm specifically taking times throughout the year where I'm receiving from others. You understand? So whether I'm receiving from uh, my father somewhere or whether I'm receiving from Bishop Rick or Pastor Rodney Howard Brown or who, whoever it might be. Pastor Mark Hankins. Part Pastor Mark Hankins. We traveled out and sat under Pastor Nancy Dufresne. You know, wherever uh, we're receiving, we're going somewhere to receive uh, what God has for us. I'm not going there to preach. I'm going there to receive. So you have to take time and you have to set yourself aside to be recharged, refueled. And that's fine. That's okay. Jesus rested. The disciples rested. That's all right. But you do that to prevent. And then there's times when you step back and you rest yourself on purpose. You know, we take times to just, uh, you know, go out of town, be with our family, you know, be with the children and and literally just rest. And we just rest. And um, it's a wonderful thing to do because you are recharging yourself. Jesus did it. He made the disciples do it. He made them do it. So, but look at this. I had you go to Luke chapter 10. I got thinking about this as as she was talking about this concept. The 38th verse. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. Look at that. She was distracted with what? Much serving. She was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Notice, he said, you're running around doing all this other stuff, and I'm here to teach and to impart. You, What he was saying was, you should also be sitting at my feet with your sister and receiving this. You're serving when you should be sitting. Woo! People don't preach on it. People don't teach on it. You're serving when you should be sitting. You're serving. Don't be a Martha. Yeah. I used to, uh, I used to preach a message. Getting it was women's one of the material right first, now. First thing, <laughs> first thing we ever did on on DVD. I put it out years ago. It was called the Mechanics of Manifestation. Yes, I remember. You remember that, the Mechanics of Manifestation. I did it in the Transformers movie font. Yes, you did. 
the mechanics. That's before we had a creative director. The mechanics. You were the creative director. Yeah, I was. Of manifestation. <laughs> and that was one of the things I touched on was this passage right here, how she was serving when she should have been sitting. She was serving when she should have been sitting. Don't find now. Now, this is going to take some discernment on your part. And don't be, you know, we're, we're, we're an army. The Victory Tribe's an army. Miracle Word Church is an army. We're not wusses. Nope. We're not soft. We go hard. We go very hard. Harder than most. I Trust me on that one. But um, don't find yourself serving when you should be sitting. And don't find yourself sitting when you should be serving. You're going to have to discern that. But I want you to get it in your spirit. Put it in your notes. Don't find yourself sitting when you should be serving. And don't find yourself serving when you should be sitting. It's very important. It's more important than people think it is. It's more important. Listen, let me just say it this way. I've been around people that all they do is get used because they have a gift. I've been around those people. All they do is they get used because they have a gift. Right? And as a result... They get jaded and they're unspiritual people. They're unspiritual. That's like, so watch this now. There comes, there comes a time, it, it, depending on uh, the type of ministry you're in. Okay. So let me just give you an example when it comes to church ministry, church serving. You and I both know that there are certain ministries you can be in, in the, in the, in the church where you can do your ministry, but then you can also receive at the same time. For example, if you're a greeter, you're done greeting in time to be in your seat right. and to receive the word. So if you're a greeter, you can serve on a Sunday and still be, you can sit and serve on a, on a, on a Sunday because it allows you to do your ministry part and still sit in your seat and receive the message and be fully engaged. But if you're an usher, you have to be on your toes. Make sure there's no bad guys. You, you, you have to be, you have to be on your toes. You got to be constantly watching, which that that detracts from your ability to just be able to focus on the message, right? Because you're working. If you're in media, you can't just sit and receive the message. You got to worry. I'm running camera. I'm I'm running pro presenter. I'm running. I'm directing. I'm taking pictures. I'm taking. I'm on uh, whatever. And so that keeps you. Perfect example. A minute ago, Alex was sitting. He wasn't serving. And then he and got then up he to decided serve. Decided to serve and just now. sit. Got up and, and changed the camera. We were back. Look at that. Look at and, that. and in one moment, he was sitting and, and serving in, one in about minute, less than was, five minutes. You know, Mary wow. and Martha bounced wow. back and forth. Wow. But but truly, you know, if you're a musician, okay, if I if I'm on the praise and worship team, I can do my ministry and do praise and worship and then come down and sit and receive the message and receive from the anointing. That's why I tell our, our team, our, our ministry team, our, our, our singers, musicians, we don't have musicians and singers like other churches where, where they do their part and then they're out in the lobby drinking coffee until it's time to come back on the platform again. That, that's, that'll never be our church, ever, ever. And I, 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 Jerry knows that and Emily knows that and Josh knows that and the team knows that. They're not doing their thing and then they're out somewhere, you know, uh, you know, getting donuts and coffee and chilling in the lobby until it's time to come back to their instruments again. No, they sit in the service and they that receive. It happens a lot of places. It happens more places than you'd think. But they're there receiving. They're in the anointing. They're receiving. That's important. So they can serve 
and then they come back right in there and they're receiving from the anointing. Because you you have that, and you, then you have people all over the place. Well, yeah, exactly right. And I don't mean like all over the building. It is. Icky I mean Chloe. all over spiritually. They're not connected to the vision. They're not pushing in. Right. You know, our our guys, our band guys, are fasting with us during this prayer and fasting. They're jumping in. They're doing it. You know, and that is a that's a big deal because we always say like you know you you guys see see one thing and and think that's like the church world but it's really it's really not and so to be in that unity as we're moving forward as we're declaring this year of open heavens then if you guys can move forward together then you don't have people left behind you don't have people that are not getting it they're not pressing in they're not sewing they're not you know, connected to the vision, that's when you get a church that's literally like all over the place. Oh, yeah. And you can have that feeling. You can feel when the vision's not tight. You can feel you can feel when everything's real loosey-goosey and there's no tight vision and tight authority. You can feel that. And then it's it's hard for a move of spirit because God moves when there's order. Right. And no in order chaos. for there to be order, there has to be tight, strong authority. That's why we don't we just don't put up with junk. Like, you know, Pentecost Sunday, we had a drunk woman and her boyfriend come in and she's at the altar, you know, dancing like she's in a club and starting to lift her dress up. I po- I pointed to Ralph. I said, take her out now. Now, you're not you don't just come in, and do whatever you want. So they re- removed her, removed her boyfriend out. But you wouldn't believe how many people would think you're so mean. Oh, yeah. I was a guest speaker you at a church so one time. Mean. She needed Jesus. Yeah, babe. She can have Jesus in her seat. But you don't come in oh. and do whatever you want. See, you're nicer than I am. I yeah. was going to say she can have Jesus at another church. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what—that's finally what ended up happening. Because if you don't—if <laughs> you don't comply, you don't just come in and throw your muddy boots on my coffee table, take your shoes off at the door, and sit down. That—that's how it works. If you—if you don't want that, we—we we are able to quickly and easily remove you from the place. I've we've, lot, we've I've removed lots of more than one per- person. I can recommend people to. But let me tell you another thing. Okay. I was in a place. I was the guest speaker. I wasn't even the pastor. I was just there as a guest, and it was my first time in the church. And people started taking laps around the church, which is fine. We run. We shout. We dance. Then this guy's coming through. He ran a couple times, but then the next two times, he's crawling through like a dog <laughs> around the church. I told the usher, get him up and tell him to either go sit down. Or, or do whatever, you know, you can, you can run if you want. You can shout with everybody. You ain't cl- crawling like a dog. So I told the usher, get him up off the ground. Well, you could tell the spirit he was in. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. He didn't have a teachable spirit. He wasn't in the spirit. Because as soon as he was given an instruction, he went back to his seat and sat down and crossed his arms like he's mad. Yeah. That's a proof that you weren't in the Holy Ghost anyway, Rover. Red Rover, Red And so Rover. we don't just let anything go on. I'm just letting anything go on. No. It's goofy. That is goofy. And, and that's so, where people get the wrong idea of a good church. Well, not only that, who, who what are you what are you doing? We have mental problems? Yes. And yes, I guess that would be the case. You the do answer have is yes. You do have mental problems. But it, it's we like We did. We put treats on the floor and let him out of service. I put him back in his cage. <laughs> <laughs> But Listen, we're writing all occasions. We got treats. We I'm got just, it's, it's like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? That was his spirit animal, I bet. <laughs> he was a, a dog. 
And you can you can tell if you've ever been in a place where there's not a strong authority, anything goes. Anything goes. I've been in places where they'll let people get up on the platform and do crazy stuff during praise and worship and people I mean it's just like it's an anything goes. Let me tell you, that's many things I appreciate about the Shuttlesworth family. But since I have known the Shuttlesworths starting in Virginia Beach, that is one thing that they all are in unity on is they don't let people hold the microphone. <laughs> or be goofy. No. And that'll keep us from no, keeping them. No, I'm saying like you don't just that. let people go on the platform and grab a mic. No. And we I've seen that a lot. But not with the four shuttles worth. And now, the, now and the I agree with generation. I agree with Brother Glenn. High standards bring increase. Because let me tell you, if you just do, if you let anything go on, you just let anything happen. Quality people are not going to be a part of that. Quality people no. are not going to come to a place where it's an anything goes. It's a free for all. It's just chaos. Who knows what crazy? No. That's scary feeling. <laughs> I don't want to be in a place like that's that. That's such an uneasy feeling. <laughs> Dylan said, and they all throw people out of services who aren't in line. I don't want to be in a place like that. I don't want to be a part of a church like that at all. I want to be in a place where there's order. God does things decently and in order. And I want order. God wants order. That's why we have ushers that are on the ball, and they are very on the ball. We have a security team that's on the ball. Amen. Because God wants order. God moves in order. He doesn't move in disorder. And so that's what people need to, That and you can tell, by the way, if you ever want to test it, that's how you can tell. If somebody gets an instruction and they literally get bent out of shape and they throw an attitude you weren't in the holy ghost to start with jack isn't it funny how every other place in the world requires order like yeah. you cannot go to a fine dining restaurant and start crawling on your hands and knees they will kick you out <laughs> you can't go to a movie theater and start going down to the front and just start yelling and and dancing around. Try to bring your little and, flag ministry to the movie theater. I, I, <laughs> and stand but, at the front and do a prophetic but I dance. Always, I always have this thought when it deals with kids and parents. It's always like, you know, you, you tell them to be quiet here in a library. You don't let your kid act a fool everywhere else and then in church. But that goes for adults, too. Yeah. You, all of a sudden, everyone's offended when somebody corrects you and has order in church. That's right. But everywhere else, everywhere else, you can't act that way in an airport. Yeah. They'd be hauling you out of there as security. You can't be screaming and running around doing whatever you want and whipping things and knocking your hair and flags and everything else into people's faces. That, that doesn't fly. But in church, everyone thinks they have a pass, but you don't. I'll tell you, we were my cousin and I were in a place one time uh, my cousin Jonathan and I, and we were doing a meeting, and a, a, a lady came in with flag ministry. She had like a whole uh, little golf bag full of prophetic flags. And uh, the we just had the ushers. All the ushers told her, hey, Josh, all the ushers told her was, you're not standing at the front in front of everybody doing doing that. If you feel to do that type of thing, if that's your thing, you feel the spirit moving on you to do flag ministry stand in the back and do it well she was so angry she packed it up and left but that shows you something doesn't it why can't you worship god now listen i can stand and worship god with my hands raised i don't care if i'm in the back row 
or the front row. I can dance in the back row. I can dance in the front row. I can shout. I can jump. I can lift my hands. I can sing whether I'm in the front row or the back row. You know why? Because I'm not doing it so people will see me. But when you look like you're in a rave. But, and, and when you want <coughs> eyes on you, then you get bent out of shape that you can't be in the very front with your flags and your spandex outfit. Start doing figure eights with them. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why you're mad. You're mad because we won't let you perform in front of everybody so people can look at you. And you want people's eyes on you. That's why you're mad that you have to stand in the back. And you packed your bag up and stomped out of the church. Oh, yes, Emily. The spandex. The prophetic praise outfit of choice. Why? You know, because you can't operate in the prophetic honestly, without spandex. spandex isn't a good choice at any time. You know angels wear spandex. To be spandex. honest with you. I mean, we can talk about fashion in another Thank you, broadcast, Grace. but spandex, I don't think anywhere at any time is it appropriate. <laughs> Nobody wants to be hit in the head while they're trying to worship. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin said it's called the rooster spirit. We see you. I guess ballet would be it. <laughs> Alex, now that was, that was Alex, my, that don't was my think cousin I saw Jonathan the comments Dylan. get smaller. That was my cousin Jonathan. I don't think I didn't see you change that. A lady hit my Unbelievable. cousin. A lady hit my cousin with the... Uh, with a fl- with her flag, he snatched it out of her hand, snapped it in half, and handed it back to her. And she was like, she had like an oh, oh my goodness face. And he said, now you have two. No, I'm not. I'm not sure about leggings either, Josh. Just had this talk with Ted the other day. Definitely not on you, Josh. We <laughs> never want to see leggings on you ever no, in your you're life. You're never allowed or to wear jeggings. leggings on the platform. Honestly, no women are allowed to or wear jeggings, leggings, Josh, on our platform. I don't want to see leggings. I don't want to see jeggings. I'm nor do I that, ever want to see I'm a quarter mic in, in your hand ever again. Handbook. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I don't want to see a corded mic looking like a 1990s stand-up comic on stage with with a corded microphone. You tricked us, Josh. Is what you did. You started with a guitar and then you tricked us. No, no three-day-old stash, Josh. Oh, you mean like a stash of leggings, not a mustache. Uh- I was like, he has a three-day-old stash already? I just left him like two days ago. Hunter's wondering how we feel about our new our cafe ministry when that's getting kicked out, off the ground. In our building. We're going to find out. And no one can wear leggings working that either. There's no. just no leggings at Miracle Word Church Here's, to let's be worked just, in. Let, let's just let put that be a known by rule. Pastor Carolyn. Let's kay? just let's just flat rule no leggings in the ministry. We're not doing leggings. In any part of the church. Yes, Maria, no shofars. Technically, they're for workout only. Brother Kevin's on. Brother Kevin, let's just make it a a rule right now. Erica, I'm heading that direction. No shofars. Everyone tells me that. No shofars. Um, Let's just make it a miracle word. (laughs) No shofars. We're not blowing the shofar. We're going to have a sign at the door of the church. No shofar. Shofars will be confiscated on site. Leave your leggings. <laughs> Don't leave them at the door. Brother Kevin leave said your I got leggings it. at home. <laughs> no shofars, please. Leave your shofars at home. <laughs> leave your flags at home. Keep your prophetic flags at the house. What else should be a no go? Glory hoops. I don't even know what a glory hoop is, Katie. I've been in church Are my whole life. Are people bringing hula hoops to church? What's a glory hoop? Oh, my goodness. Ben Fole's going to return his Lululemons. Oh, Ben, I was on an airplane not long ago, and some guy walked on the plane with Lululemon leggings, and I just. Now, listen, I'm all about. I didn't know that guys wore leggings like that. If you want to wear Gucci's, that's fine. 
Gucci what? I've seen guys in the the Gucci loafers, but they're oh. the slides Mm-mm. with the the, the loafer with no back. Right. I get it. If you're a guy and you want to wear that. No, I, I don't. was going through the airport. The guy had those on with the fur in the back. The fur. With jeggings. No, he didn't actually. That would have been over the top. The I would have just I would have just asked him to leave the airport. Sir, you take your bag, go. With the leggings and the fur thing, go. The fur thing. Whatever <laughs> tambourines. Are those things. We're on the line. We may keep tambourines, Kevin. We We're don't not care against you spend a thousand dollars on those shoes. We're not against them. We'll see who's holding it, Kev, brother Kevin. How about that? Just look him in the face. A hula hoop was I guessed it. A hula hoop. Hula hoop. But she Denise. said with streamers. Please, Denise. What do you no do? Prophetic painting. Do you actually hula hoop with it, or do you just wave it around like Denise, you're in a circus? If you paint it and it looks abstract, and then you turn it upside down, and it's the line of the tribe of Judah, you're in. <sighs> it's always a line. Look them in the eye, brother no. Kevin. If they look tambourineish, keep them. But it's, if they don't it's have a that lion spirit, or it's Jesus. Oh, I've seen that, Josh. People attaching tambourine to their shoes. That's a Listen, whole different level. Since we already know, I have a question, a real question. Since we. Since we, everybody, already knows that the two main prophetic paintings is Jesus or a lion, how prophetic really is it? Can't be that it? prophetic. We know what it's going to be. That's a real question I have. Or they're saying that we all have a spirit of prophecy because we know what's coming. Jenna said she'd hula hoop it. I'd hula hoop it, she said. I just, I always wonder about that. Two and four, not one and three. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not down with the prophetic hula hooping or the prophetic painting or the prophetic flag waving. I just don't know about the apostles, that the apostles never were waving flags. The early church wasn't waving flags. Why does everybody want to go back to Old Testament worship? Old Testament worship. I don't need a shofar. Prophetic rollerblading. Listen. I've seen people do backflips. I'm just here's here's no tambourine shoes please here's my thing is that most people that are even blowing those things that they think are shofars they aren't even real shofars they're not that's not even what a shofar looked like what you have is something different go back and look at what a shofar really looked like it didn't look like wasn't these big curly horns that were the that (laughs) And the flags, please, curly please. Horn. Pass me my curly horn. Let me get that curly horn real quick. <laughs> hey, you with the curly horn. I knew a guy brought two of them, and he had special bags, felt bags. He'd lay those bad boys out on the front row, unpack them. I don't think most people can blow them, Krista. <laughs> I, I, like, why do people blow them, Krista? It's like, <laughs> are you declaring the victory over us? Because Jesus already did that 2,000 years ago. I don't need your spittle flying at me through the end of a shofar hitting me on the cheek while I'm trying to preach because you felt the victory. I had no idea this stuff happens. Oh, it happens, my it's friend. I've right been, now. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Yes, Yadira. That's right. That's the worst. It's like nothing. That's right. And they try. They and their try face so hard. turns bright red and their cheek. <laughs> and it's just nothing's coming out. It's like, all right, you gave. Listen. You gave it a shot. It didn't work. We were somewhere a couple years ago, and he had a he had several. Remember, he had like a. I a, just said the story. Oh, box. Grace said a man came into our church with pom poms one time. A man. Give me a J. 
You know what? That's you'd have I to believe, believe it. him and I his pom poms. It. It's like, dude, come on. But I I have specifically made a list of churches I have people to recommend to. Yeah. That's my secret. Do it. No I'm one's just, gonna know what church is on my list, but I'm just telling you. I'm gonna just send them on their way. I don't know how I'd feel about castanets. If you come in with a cast with a pair of castanets on the fingers. Like the What are castanets? You those? know when those ladies they stop and they dance. They're called the, castanets. Yeah, I think aren't isn't that what those are? They're Somebody not help finger me. tambourines? I don't think they're called finger tambourines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the technical term. Am castanets I right or am I wrong? Sound, sound Is that a castanet? Castanet Can sounds like a, a clarinet type machine. No, uh, it's uh, instrument. It's not that. It's a castanet, Pastor Alex. Help me, Pastor Alex. Oh, wait, what is it? What? what? Oh, it's the it's the things like this. Yeah, it spins around it. No, no, no. It's the thing, the little clappers when you like. Oh, no, it is the finger things. Yes, I am right. No, it's they put them on their hands. And then when they stomp on the ground, they. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like like a belly dance song. That's what they do, right? Orlando said, I had to take people out of the church with a shofar. He almost hit me with the shofar. See, they get violent, and now they have a weapon. See, aren't I was right. Aren't those reserved for belly dancers, says Tammy. Yeah, Spanish. Uh, go back up. I didn't see that pronunciation. Castanuelas. 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 I don't In Spanish from Spain. Okay. Yeah, like the flamenco dancers. Thank you, Josh. Exactly right. Crab claws. <laughs> Clackers is what Hunter called them. The finger things. So, you know, people are doing the most. I'm just going to tell you, people are coming to church and doing the most. And I'm, you know, I'm all about praise. I'm all about worship. But what you see happen is that people a lot of times want, they're like Tupac, all eyes on me. That's what they want. All eyes on me. And I can't sing the rest because it's not appropriate. (laughs) I'm surprised you knew that much, Pastor Carol. West Side. My goodness. Listen. Can't tell you some things about me, Pastor Ted. Listen, we had a lady bring her own gravity chair so she could recline and be comfortable during service. She was recommended to another church. See, Dylan, <laughs> my kind of guy. It's not a bad idea, though, brother Kevin. Can we get gravity chairs up front? Grace told you to slay, Queen. People, some Tupac fans. See, I don't even know who that is. To be honest with you, he's I only actually know. not dead. He's on an island with Elvis and Biggie right now. I only know Maverick City. I only know Clint Brown. Sorry, I don't know who the other people are. Yeah, that's exactly right. I totally agree. It's it's either religion trying to make something happen in the flesh or it's people who just want to be seen. They're full of pride. Why else would you wear that spandex? You're full of pride. You just want people to see them curves and it's really just dimples. Spandex is supposed to hide that, but it doesn't work well. doesn't work. That's why you don't wear it. Don't wear it. Don't allow it. Now, don't get spandex and Spanx mixed up because Spanx go under your clothes. I'll never wear Spanx. I don't think they make men's Spanx. Oh, they make them. They do? Yep. I know men that wear them. I personally know men that wear them. Who are your friends? Spandex. Spanx wearing men. Why do you know men that wear? There's spanks? men that wear them for sure. There's like things Why? that they, they make them for. They're on Instagram all the time. They make them so what? that people can put them on under their suits and shirts, and it tightens everything up just like they do for however you wear them. 
<laughs> I'm never wearing it. Oh yes, Grace. They may. Nate said they totally do. Thank I know you. Exactly what Tiffany is thinking right now. Yep, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I ain't nowhere. I, I, you'll never see me in a spank. Knew that too, Tiff. Same thought. Never gonna happen ever. No, but they do it. Know. They make them for men. I'm telling you. Shapewear. Shapewear. Thank you, Josh. Joshua, what are you, 50? Shapewear. <laughs> Shapewear. Possibly, Chad. That might be how he knows that men wear them. Here's my impression of Josh on Sunday. So, what's the deal? Hey, hey, guys, a quick question. What's the deal with castanets, huh? Anybody else think that's a little weird in church? <laughs> Anyway, I was at I was over at the store the other day. How many have ever had this happen to you? I was over at the store. Josh, have you gotten the hint yet? Don't ever use a wired mic again. Because <laughs> <laughs> next like, time it might be from like the platform. Like a Holy Ghost Jerry Seinfeld up there. <laughs> Not Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> Kramer. Hey everybody! <laughs> it was the it was the wireless microphone for me. <laughs> Zach Ramsey's getting dragged in. Why? Because Chad said he wore Spanx. Zach, you wear shapewear? <laughs> shapewear. Who's Chad? I just, I'm still stuck on how you know people that wear them, men. <laughs> I don't. Josh said white mic is on the way. Don't worry, guys. The white mic's coming. And Emily's going to have a bedazzled mic. We're getting one. Emily a bedazzled mic. There's no way that she should have to keep leading on a regular mic. Who has one? Is it Taylor Swift or what? I don't know. Katy Perry. But Someone always has like a sparkly pink. We got a, a pink rhinestone pink. bedazzled mic for Emily. And if anyone answers that told them. She says, hide me behind the cross, Lord. But she has a pink bedazzled mic to stand in front of the crowd. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she needs the bedazzled But you understand the point we're making. Oh, Glenn dropped a dad joke. Dropped it right in the comments for everyone to see. It's probably Mariah Carey, Josh. You're right. Hats off to you on that one, Glenn, though. Yeah, and so here's the deal. Dylan, why do you know these things? That is true. You know, she does. She put it online. Remember? No. You don't remember? Yeah, she did. I don't follow her. She did. My cousin, yeah, he has a sparkly mic now. It's true. They're going back and forth. I'm getting I'm getting mine wrapped. I'm getting my, my mine wrapped in a mat wrap job. <laughs> Zach, get on that. Zach, can we get a mic wrapped at, at Ceramic Pro? <laughs> for all of your wrapping and ceramic needs ceramic pro so flow ceramic um yeah myrtles girdles for men you understand where we're going with this people are doing the most <laughs> no do we yes i'm lost no i'm not lost i know exactly we where just, we are right now wait. i don't need to pull over for directions i know exactly <laughs> where we are well that's good okay it's a first josh said if emily gets a sparkly mic i want a solid gold guitar well Christmas. Christmas is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um it wasn't on spot Zach. But I will be I will be very honest with you. I've seen it. I can't wait to be with you, Grace. That's a side note in a couple weeks. Grace. You're gonna be very excited about something. I'm getting ready to produce Grace. You're gonna be one of the happiest people when you see what's what's coming out. <laughs> what Bible you got there, Red? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, Ted. I was like, what are we in the Shawshank Redemption? 
This is what you call an ESV. I'm calling you a nickname. I was like, what is that? That's all my old buddy Blue. He knows me as Red. Um, I was like, where did you get that nickname? You're my boy, Blue. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Got the old ESV there. Um, (laughs) We may just be... we may just be delirious from four days, fourteen days of not eating, but we don't know. We're. I will say though, <laughs> everything, everything that we're talking about happens, whether you know it or not. It happens. We've traveled. We've seen it all. I've seen it all. She's seen it all. It's insane. And the thing is, this uh, mindset we're talking about is what if it affects people, and then you see what happens. It brings. People, they didn't start this way. People don't start this way. What? You don't come out of the Nutty? womb wanting to blow a shofar and wave flags in a church service. Something happened to you it can't along be the way. Down? No, that's not passed down. It's not. There's no, no impartation. There's no that? impartation for that one. You got that. You've got that from somewhere. And here's what happens. You know, we talked about it earlier. I've watched people, and this is a sad transition. I've watched people go from on fire, wanting with all their heart to serve, wanting with all their heart to be a part of what God's doing in the ministry, and then burn out because it was just overuse, overuse, no receiving, no refilling, no deposits. And after a while, as I said, you're, abs- you're obviously doing things from the flesh. And there's nothing good in the flesh. So now you're forcing it. What used to be a joy for you to do is now something you're forcing. And now something that becomes a chore for you to do. Something that becomes, you used to love it, and now it becomes a chore. That's the place you don't want to be. So there's a, there's a balance. There has to be a balance between serving and sitting. Serving and sitting. And I've seen far too many people, and that's why I put the broadcast title like we did tonight is that people need to simmer down. They just need to, some people are doing so much. And it's not just about serving in church or receiving in church. It's also about just in your life in general. Scott Caperton said, I almost stopped going to church because of that. Because of that. serious. And it happens. It happens to people. I'm out of, I'm out of, I'm out of fasting juice. Anything else? (laughs) Is we got any juice? Want? We got any juice in there? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thanks very much. Pastor Alex is serving right now. He's serving. He's he was sitting. sitting, but now he's going to be serving. It's all right. Your arm can come in like Vanna White from the side. There it is. Look, at <laughs> Look how that just appeared. What if you had soda left in there? It wouldn't taste funny. I just looked in and said, hey, I need some more juice. I know, but you know, there's always like a ring. Um, and he's up again. Such a servant. Servant. Glenn makes a great point. Some of us need to learn how to say no. Also, one of the things that takes place is that you have to check yourself to see: Am I one of those people that is naturally a people pleaser? A people pleaser, because those are the ones that have the hardest time saying no is is a people pleaser. But remember this, when you say no to the right things, it gives you room to say yes to the right things. 
because not everything's for you. Not everything. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to do it. Doesn't mean you should do it just because you could. You, right. There are some things you got to say no to. Yeah, I did a, I did a, I feel like I did a broadcast on this a long time ago called The Power of No. Carolyn people, was trying to pull me in. She said, I was trying to pray. And she said, I need to help. I need some laundry folded. I said, no, I can't do that. I'm seeking the face no. of God. No, that's not true. Over here. No, that's not true because Pastor Alex got me a wonderful Christmas gift. He did, actually. Wow. And it actually was for so, me, too. <laughs> where I don't have to do my laundry. Someone else does it for me. So I did not pull you away from your prayer time for that. No, you didn't. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it is true, though, because like during this whole time at home, it's hard for me to not do something. I have looked around. At all the things I want to do in the house, I've already picked out some new doors for inside the house. She's a go-getter, folks. a new pantry door. But you know what? I tell you out there in TV land. And I need, I want to paint my banister. I thought of all these things, but I haven't done them, have I? Because I realize. <laughs> what was that? You got to just you got to sit, pray, receive and be a part of what God wants you to do in these times. Because I've been taking each night to do that. Like we're watching the broadcast from home or I get in bed early and I've got my Bible and just, you know, thinking about praying, talking to the Lord, seeking next steps, ideas, yeah. the vision, what he has for this this year. Uh, you know, cuz we're doing the most we can do being mobile, but I'm like prepping myself for all the things that God wants us to step in and do when we have that building available here soon in the next few months. So, you know, just kind of what's the order? What do you want me to do first? You know, but I, I get that. I look around and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things I want to do because <laughs> that's just my. She's a Martha. <sighs> that's true. I know, right? No, but you do. You're always on he the go. He just said, ouch. It's not an I ouch. I felt it. That's not an that's little, not an ouch. A little bit of a stab. No, you're always producing. You're always doing something. Yeah, and so I'm and missing out on Jesus. Is what you're you know, saying. You you have a good Thank balance. Thank you very much. You have a good balance because you're you're obviously a spiritual person. That's a big deal because you produce a lot, but you're also spiritual. I've never seen you once in your life where you were just like it was all push push push, and you didn't have. A close relationship with the Lord. You weren't hearing from the Holy Spirit. You weren't in the Word. You weren't praying. I've never seen you once in our entire marriage where you weren't productive, but you also didn't have a close relationship that was on point with your devotional life or with your, even with the Holy Spirit speaking to you, even about small things. Wow. You're so sweet. You're so spiritual. You're the most spiritual woman I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, the Lord will have her speak about, uh, speak to her about, like, small things. Like, she'll ask the Lord. It's it's amazing. It comes straight to her spirit. S stuff like she'll be frustrated about, I left a thing somewhere, and I don't know where this thing is. And she'll just say, Holy Spirit, where is that thing? Where did I? And I mean like this. He'll speak a word to her. She'll know exactly where to find it. She'll come out with a big smile on her face. He told me where it was. Like like that that kind of stuff. I'm serious. Which is it's, funny. Isn't that true? Because. Isn't it true? Yes. But Maddie's witnessed that several times. 
where I have literally just woken up on different mornings and it's stuff we're looking for or just anything. And I'll say, oh, Madeline, the Lord told me to go here in this part and look here or go there. And so the other day she, she lost something and she's like, mom, I tried that. I asked the Lord. <laughs> like, she's like, I asked the Lord where it was and I found it. He told me where it was. I was like, see, that's what you have to do. <laughs> but it was funny because she's witnessed it. And then she thought, well, now's my turn. I've lost something. I'm not going to ask mom. And she tested it out. And it worked. That's impartation. Your children will pick up from you what you have. See, that's, can I tell you something? This is why it's important. It's not just for you. Your children, think about this. If you have children, your children are watching how you receive from the Lord. But then your children are also watching how you're serving God and giving him your time and your talent and your energy. So watch this. Uh, and I'm looking at people like, you know, I see see Mike Mike and Caitlin and I see Scott and you know, just all the people that are part of this church and Kevin and Tammy and just everybody that's doing things, Bobby and Kristen, just everybody at Miracle Word Church that's doing it. Their kids will see them giving their time and their talent and their energy to God. You know what that may, you know what that ha- happens then? It's like I look at like like just just my lord and then I look at then Bailey's running Cameron doing things and you know you see other kids and then you know Zach and Heather are working and I see uh you know Alina wants to start doing camera and and do the why? Because our kids see us serving the Lord and it makes our kids want to press in and serve the Lord. It makes our kids want to do it. So notice those two things, those two things need to be seen. Your kids need to see you receiving from God. They need to see you open. Your kids need to see you lifting your hands. They need to see you singing. They need to see you shouting. Your kids need to see you jumping. They need to see you studying the word. They need to see you praying. They need to see you pressing in. That's this is why it doesn't need to be a private thing. They need to see that you're studying the word and that you're praying. And even at home, they need to see that that's a part of your life. But then they also need to see that you're serving God, that you, whatever it is that you do, whether you usher, you're part of the parking lot team, or you're a greeter, or you're in the media department, or you're a camera person, or you're on stage with the worship team or whatever, whatever it might be kids you're 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 serving in kids they need to see that because when they see that you know what they see they see the value in serving god they see the value in it you know how many people do you know that they 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 don't really go to church much because they're like well you know our parents never took us to church much they didn't think it was that important well you know what happens doesn't become important for them now I want you to write this down because this is vital in, in this in this situation. What one generation tolerates, the next generation celebrates. What one generation tolerates, the next generation celebrates. So you see, you see what, is, what does that mean? If you don't want your children to drink, don't don't let them see alcohol in the house for you. Well, I don't want my children to be drinkers. Then don't drink. 
Because all they're going to do, you can tell them all the statistics and all the reasons why people shouldn't drink and what alcohol does to the body. But then if they see you drink, they're going to drink. They're going to do it. If they see you, you know, smoking, whatever they do, they don't see you serving. They don't see you putting church as a priority. It won't be a priority for them. If you, watch this, if you live your life as though God is secondary, they will definitely live their life as though God's not important at all. Because you tolerated it, but they'll celebrate it. You tolerated it, but they'll celebrate it. So if you treat it like, you know, we'll go to church if we have time. Then church, when they grow up to be adults, church won't be important at all for them. Won't be important at all for them. Because, they, well, you know, mom and dad never thought, you know, Glenn said my kids enter in easier because they don't have all the baggage that I had to go with. Yeah, exactly right. Because you got through all that, you got you defeated all that by the power of the Holy Ghost, and then they just got to receive the good parts from you, the impartation of the good things that you built up with your relationship with the Lord. That is a calculated decision. My kids are going to see the way I interact with God. They're going to see the goodness of God on my life. They're going to see the blessing of God from obedience to the word. They're going to see it. They're going to see it. I'm raising up next generation leaders, not because I say, listen to me, listen to me. I say, watch me, watch me, watch me. She says, watch me, watch me, watch me. You know what's awesome? That's right. That's right, Krista. She sent me a video. Did you see the video? And he was like preaching in the Bible, from Mm -hmm. the Bible. And he said, shout hallelujah. (laughs) I got it on my phone. I saved it, Krista. Showed it, Carolyn. So awesome. But but watch this now, because this is vital. Paul, the apostle, said, though I can't be with you, talking to one of the churches, he said, though I can't be with you, I'm going to send my son Timothy. And what's he going to do? When he shows up, he's going to teach you how to live like I live. I put that in the fasting book. He's going to teach you to live like I live. So somehow, Timothy had been watching Paul. And you know Paul's instruction, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. But he said, now, my son Timothy's learned it so much, he's going to come to you. And he's going to teach you to live like I live. It's all watch us. Watch us and then go do it. Watch us. And we're working right now on a book about children and parents. And we're going to we're writing it together. And um, this thing that we're going to be talking about is how your the Bible calls your children arrows. Your children are arrows. Well, something specific needs to be done with those arrows. You aim them. Arrows need to be aimed at a target. You don't just shoot it randomly. You aim an arrow at a target, and then what do you do? You pull that bow all the way back to do what? Put all of your force behind your child. Because I'm not just aiming my child. I'm putting everything I got behind them. Everything I got behind them. But then at some point, you got to release them. And when you release them, they're going to go in the direction you pointed them. They're going to travel in the direction you pointed them. Watch this now. With the force you put behind them. So, 
if you point and, and that's what we're doing as parents we already have targets we know where we want our kids to end up right so we're already pointing them we're already putting our force behind them your force is your prayer your fasting for their life the way you teach them right. train them up in the way they should go all the things all the things even how you leave an inheritance to your children and your children's children that's part of your force put behind your child as that arrow you're launching then you got to let go at some point some parents are frustrated because they're kids but you know what they never let go of them they've never released their child their child's 35 and they're still making all the decisions for them on the phone well i don't think you should be doing that <laughs> yes that's true she doesn't treat you the way you should be treated, my baby boy. Oh, baby boy. Oh, snap. Well, when you, when you get married, you got to put your big girl pants on your big boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> and you become one. That's right, Ben. You're raising adults, not children. That's exactly it. Exactly it. That's good, Britt. You know, even seeing us fast, they want to take part in some way in the time of fasting and prayer. They see what we're doing. They want in. You know, wasn't Maddie doing something? She wanted to be a part of it in some way. No breakfast. Mm -hmm. She skipped a meal. Thank you, Krista. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. And I know it's going to bless parents. Because they see the benefits. The kids see the benefits. They do. They see the testimony. They see the outcome. They see the joy. They see the peace, and that's, that is, it. that's everything that they want. They want to have that, too. They want to feel that, too. Yeah. And so that's why we are their greatest, you know, cop copy. We're, we're their greatest, like, to copy us. We're yep. the greatest teacher to them. Well, obviously, teach them to hear the voice of God as, as most important, but as you're teaching them, they're watching you do all those things. You know, it's funny because I'll get a lot of parents that are so concerned for their kids at four years old. My kid will not want to do devotions with me. It's like, he's four. Calm down. He's going to want to. I was never concerned with my kids because at four, they weren't coming to me desiring to read the word of God for the first part of the morning. That's my job. That was my job was to read the word of God for the first part of the morning. Them to witness it. And then they see an example. Then uh, uh, very rarely have I told my kids, raise your hands in church. Because they've seen me enter into worship. They've seen me fall on my knees. They've seen me not give a care and worship the Lord and, and, and praise and dance. I've never told my kids, you better get up there and go dance. I've never told my kids, you better go run around the, the church, the run around the tent when you hear this particular song. They have seen the actions of Ted and I that they say, that's what we're doing. This is a, a worshipful moment. I lift my hands. I praise the Lord. You know, and they are kids. So there are like a handful of times I've told them to lift their hands because, you know, a man of God says, lift your hands with me. And then he's, you know, declaring something. And so I, I'm teaching them. I'm telling them, listen, he said, lift your hands. You lift your hands. But very rarely do I ever have to lean over and instruct them how to behave in service. They've been in service and they know it. They've now 
the anointing's here. This is how I react when the anointing, Holy Spirit has showed up in this room. This is how I'm going to be. I've never told my kids to go fall down. <laughs> I've never told my fall kids. Fall down. Go, you, this is what you do. I've never told my kids when now, when you're up there, you just start laughing really hard. When you're on the ground, you just laugh. You know, I've never, I've never told them any of that stuff. And now Madeline just came to me at the beginning of the fast and was like, Mom, I found this Bible reading plan. I, di- I didn't go to her and say, you know, I'll check in with my kids. I'm not just like some naive parent that thinks, you know, I'll check in with her from time to time. And Ted checks in with her. You reading the word? What are you reading right now? You know, and we talk about it with them. But she came to me and she said, I found a reading plan that I'm doing. And today I just, you know, I check in on her. I said, how's yep. the reading plan going? I'm doing it. I'm doing mm-hmm. good. But that's because that's what she sees in the house. She sees Pastor Alex reading the word of God. She sees her dad. She sees me taking the time. But I've never had to go. You know, people were like weirded out and upset when we told them when Maddie, you know, was way younger and started to read that we'd pay her to read the Bible. People were like, you do what? You pay your kid to read a Bible? It's like, but don't. You pay your kid to take out trash. You pay your kid to read uh, a, a novel, a fiction. You, 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 teach your, you pay your kid to do everything else. Ch- there's a chore sheet. Well, I mean, the most important chore they should be doing is receiving the word of God and getting that imparted into them. God is a rewards-based God. Right. Anybody that doesn't understand that has not read the Bible. But I don't pay her now right. to read the Bible. Because now she's in it. She's in it. She got it. She was like, okay. This is something. And she's never asked me for a dime. That was just something started as as a young kid. But I started thinking, like, parents pay their kids to do everything else. Why can't I pay her and my be Uncle like, listen, Tiff, you get through the Bible? My Uncle Tiff told Jonathan when he was a, a kid, he said, uh, when he started to learn to read, he said, if you'll read the Bible through every year until you get your driver's license, then when you get your driver's license, I'll buy you a car. But you have to read the Bible through cover to cover every year until you're old enough to drive. And and my cousin did it. And my, my uncle bought him a car. It was a 1996 white Chevy Lumina. I remember to this day. So we would take it to youth camp. <laughs> and he did it. That's a rewards system. God's a rewards-based God. He rewards us for living right. righteously, being obedient. We get blessed for being obedient, listening to his word, stepping out operating in faith so why is it not yep the bible says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him he said the same thing about prayer angie same thing about fasting that is great hunters 12 has read the bible front to back twice great that's exactly right and we reward that tiffany what's that um what's that phrasing reward reward what you want to see replicated is that is that what is that the phrase the business phrase Reward what you want to see repeated or reward what you want to see replicated. If you want to see something happen again and again, reward it. If you don't want to see it ever happen again, ignore it. Amen. Reward what you want replicated. Reward what you want repeated. And that's what we're doing. We want our kids to do everything they can to seek after God's face, to go after God. So what are we doing? We're rewarding them. He's a rewarder. He'll reward them separately from their parents. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, and that's the thing. They're watching us. And so when we're talking about this thing that we're dealing with tonight, 
about people need to just tighten up and get focused on what they're doing. It's tighten because your, your, your kids are also watching you. They're also watching you. Everyone's watching you. I would say those two things from tonight, I would, I would take away. If you serve too much, you burn out. You sit too much, you stall out. And then remember, your actions are going to be watched and replicated. Your actions are going to be watched and replicated. Your children are going to be mere images. <laughs> There's people who are like, dang it. It's not about what you say. It's about what they see you doing. Doing. My son, she was talking about, you know, we don't have to really tell our children. But it's the funniest thing. You know, if he's got an attitude on the front row and I'm like, you stand, you know, because then they'll try to sit down and you stand up. You lift those hands and worship the Lord. It's the funniest thing to see him. He's so, he's upset he got corrected. He's just like, it's like it's like it hurts him to he's worship. Trying. Lift those hands and stand up and worship. He's like shape shifting into another being. That is what he acts like. <laughs> like he's the Hulk. I know we introduced Hulk too early. I think a little too early. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to being Bruce Banner, please. Angie, I've been there myself. <laughs> Find God, I will worship you. <laughs> uh, oh man, we've all been there. That cracks me up, <laughs> but I've seen him do it. I have seen him. I have seen him do it. And then you have to say, fix your face. Fix your face. And the funny thing is when I say, put on a happy face. And then he's like trying so hard. <laughs> to smile with that face. <laughs> and then he looks like he's just in pain. He's like in pain. Worships in anger. Josh worships in anger. Yes. It's like, hey, man, you got to learn to control it. Pull it together. Self-control. 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 <laughs> and that's what I'm telling you. If, if you take this into your spirit, take it seriously. I'm telling you right now. You guard yourself from burnout, but you guard yourself from stall out. It's so good. And it's so true. Because when I serve the Lord, I want to serve him with full fuel in my tank. With gladness, it says. Mm -hmm. Serve the Lord with gladness. And then when I'm receiving from the Lord, I want to receive from the Lord with focus. I serve the Lord with gladness. I receive from the Lord with focus. Amen. Denise, so wrong. I told my kids if Jesus could hang on the cross for six hours, you can stand in church for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but get that we serve the Lord with gladness I receive from the Lord with focus and so there needs to be times when you're receiving needs to be times when you're serving both are needed both have to be done because remember something and then I'll let Carolyn pray a long and detailed and in-depth prayer for God's people but um, not forgetting the missionaries but all right, guys. But listen to this. It's very true. 
when you are faithful to serve the Lord with gladness, to receive from the Lord with focus, it's something that you are going to see. It's like nobody will know in your house what it means to properly serve the Lord unless you show them. I've told this before. I'll quickly tell it again. I had a mom in my youth group one time get mad at me. She came in. Carl, I said that if you if you serve too much, you burn out. If you sit too much, you stall out. But I had a lady, she came and she was mad at me because her daughter, who was in my youth group, started to live and act a certain way that, you know, I didn't raise her to live like that. That was her whole stance. And uh, she was getting ready to rip me up. And I said, let's hang on there for a second, sis. I said, uh, how many hours are in a week? Pastor Alex, listen. And she didn't, she didn't know. What you're going to have to do. I said, it's 168 hours. I said, um, how many hours is she at youth group? Maybe an hour and a half a week. How many hours is she in school? Eight hours a day, five days a week. That's 40 hours. How, how many hours? I mean, take away sleeping time, you know, which is another eight times seven, 56 hours. The rest of the hours, she's with you. She's with you. So how are you coming in here to rip me up and blame me? I get your daughter for an hour and a half. You have her for all kinds of time. How am I the one to blame if she's not acting the way that she should be acting? She started to cry and she she understood. But get that. They are going to produce what they see from you. The greatest thing, watch this now, the greatest thing that a child can have that launches them into a love for God is faithful parents who love God. The greatest thing a child can have that will engender an on-fire life that will even lead them to an encounter with God of their own is faithful parents who serve God and love God. That's right, and love each other. Because if they love God, they'll love each other. It's the greatest thing a child can see and have because they'll replicate it. They will replicate it. I've watched over the years as if I really want to know what a minister's like, I look at their children. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That hit, a, that hit some kind of a, a nerve with Carolyn. <laughs> If I want to know what a minister's like, I look at their children. I'm, I'm being serious. Oh, that was a good one, Dave. That's to you. <laughs> because it's replicating the real. It's replicating the real. That's a lot of pressure, though. It's pressure, but that's why. <laughs> but but listen to me, though. That's why the Bible puts extra pressure on you and says. Oh, it's true. That you have to rule your own house well. Yes. How can you rule God's house if you can't rule your own house? Yep. If I can't even have authority as the man of God in my own house. Oh, man, this is this is a whole other broadcast. Submit. <laughs> then how am I going to have authority in God's house? That's why it's a prerequisite for an elder, for somebody that's going to be a minister. They have to rule their own house well. So if I want to know something about a minister, a man of God, I just check their children. 
I check their children to see what their children, how their children respond, how their children behave, how their children act. Sure. Listen, listen to them. I know their their kids are young. Kids start off young. They need they need guidance. I kids get that. Kids are kids. Kids are but kids. You, I get that. But you know a difference. But then you'll see as they get older. I have serious questions. Now, I'm just going to be very honest with you. I have serious questions about ministers if their adult children don't serve the Lord. And I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying this to be judgmental. I'm just telling you flat out that I have serious questions about the efficacy of a minister if their adult children don't serve the Lord. And now listen, I know that there are extenuating circumstances. There may be some ministers that didn't get saved until way later in life and then they went into the ministry or whatever. I get that. But I'm talking about their children grew up in a minister's home. You grew up in a Holy Ghost-filled minister's home. And as an adult, they don't serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. I got serious questions. Serious questions. Because as you hear what we're teaching right now, something is off somewhere. What did your kids receive and see and experience that caused them to grow up? And when they became old enough to make their own decisions, they said, I don't want any part of that. What my dad had, what my mom had, I don't want any part of that in my life. Now, that is what you got to think about. Because that's what happens. That's what happens. And you don't let it bring condemnation. Doesn't mean we don't pray for ministers. Doesn't mean we don't believe God for their children. Doesn't mean we don't believe for household salvation. Doesn't mean any of those things. But if you stand in full-time ministry as a pastor, this is not, now listen to me, this is not a prerequisite that was put on everybody in the Bible. It was put on ministers. It's put on, this guy right here has a higher standard for his household according to the Bible. That's why I don't know if you, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this. This happened relatively recently. Pastor John Piper, who's not Pentecostal, he's not, you know, he's not charismatic or anything like that. I believe he's like Reformed Baptist. But he even said he went to his board of his church because he has a full grown son that is now a very outspoken atheist, mocks the things of God, mocks the Bible, all of that. And he, with humility in his heart, uh, went before his board and asked them, should I step down as the pastor? Because my adult son is now a very outspoken atheist. He doesn't serve the Lord. And literally just put everything on the line and said to his board, should I just step down and, and resign as the pastor? And his board said, no, you know, as adults, you know, people have to make their own decisions whether or not they're going to serve the Lord. And of course, they believe if you're not saved, it's because God didn't will you to be saved. But this man right here that you're looking at has a higher standard that I'm called to for my family, because how am I going to lead God's house if I can't even lead my own family? And so when I see that years later, and again, I'm not saying this to be mean or to be uh, throw condemnation or shade. I'm just saying it makes me ask questions. What? You ever thought that? Have you ever had those questions? Mm-hmm. What would cause a minister 
to have children that grew up saw him in the ministry. I think I ask you that often. And then they don't want to serve the Lord. Because we come across so many different scenarios over the years. And it's a sad thing. I'm not in any way making light of it, mocking it. It's a sad thing. As you know, it's an eternal thing. But I wonder, because what we're doing right now is so vital. Don't ever. You know what happens? Let me talk, let me talk to, to some stay-at-home moms or single moms. Don't ever think that because you're not doing some kind of career thing or something like that, that you have anything less powerful happening in your life because you've chosen, I'm going to raise these children. Or if you're a single mother. And you're working and raising those children. Double duty. What you're doing for the kingdom is vital. What you're doing for the kingdom is vital. Because those children are a ministry to the highest degree. A ministry. And and hear what I'm saying. That's a responsibility to raise those next generation leaders up. I'm not just saying this because my, my wife does it, but I applaud every mother that is homeschooling their children made that decision. That's a whole nother ball game. I'm going to teach my children. I'm going to raise them in godliness or whatever they, you know, that's a big deal. Single mother working and raising the kids, stay at home moms. And the world wants to make you think that there's something less valuable about your life because you didn't choose a career path. How stupid is that? The world puts value on paychecks. Right. You know what your paycheck is going to be? Children who serve the Lord and are <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost at the earliest possible age. Yep. Amen. Amen, Orlando. She's so pretty. Amen, Christina. And that's it. That's the key. That's the key. Because it's a it's an investment into their life. It's an investment into their future. And it's an investment into the kingdom of God. Jay said, lack of vision uses the kids to build their ministry instead of investing in the kids. Ministry done most effectively is exciting for the whole family. Work hard, play hard, celebrate the victories together. I agree. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. The kids aren't a part of the ministry either. It goes the opposite direction where it's like there's always a babysitter, always a nanny. They don't get to be in the meetings. Think about what Glenn is saying in the comments right now. No father or mother ever said on their deathbed, I wish I worked more. No father ever said that. No mother ever said that in their last moments on the earth. I wish I'd have worked more. I wish I'd have spent more time at the office. With their kids, they always say, "I wish I had more time with family." Mm -hmm. And it shows you God's put you here, and He's given you those lives. He's given you those lives as a reward, but He's given you those lives as a responsibility, and it's precious. It's so precious. Sometimes I look at my kids. Things trigger me now. Like I was watching a thing the other day with Carolyn. And I just looked at her. We were watching somebody and their kid was like getting ready to get married or something like that. I can't even watch Father of the Bride anymore. Forget that. My daughter's only 13. She's going to be 14 in a couple of weeks. Can't even watch that anymore. Because life flies by you. Life flies by you. Yeah, to think Maddie's going to be 14. Maddie's going to be 14 years old. Oh, that makes me old. Now think about this. In six years, she could be 20. In six years, she could be married. 
Not that she's going to be. She's not allowed to be married until she's 50. But understand something. <laughs> you know, life flies by you. It's like the great apostle Ferris Bueller said one time, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. It's true. <laughs> There's a book that came out recently. I don't know how recently. I bought it, though. And it's called 4,000 Weeks. 4,000 Weeks. That's the name of the book. Oh, man. <laughs> 4,000 Weeks is the amount of time whole, that the average person lives. Our whole household knows. <laughs> how many weeks they have left? How many weeks they have left. That's about 80 years Pastor old. Pastor Ted reminds all of us constantly. Think about it, though. <laughs> Brings back to your mind that poem, that Christian poem. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. 4,000 weeks. That's 80 years old. On average, I'm looking at 2,000 weeks left. I hate poems. <laughs> That's not a poem. <laughs> Denise like, said, look at that. Like that all one. our kids are married now. I like that was, one, but I'm not a poem. Look at that. Gal. Denise said, so true. All our kids are married now. And it was just yesterday we were homeschooling them. I know, Sarah. Right? That's true. 14 years have gone by. That's right. And you think about it. You think about how crazy this is. Life flies by. They always tell you this when you're young, and then and then you don't you think it's not true, and then you get older and you realize life is whipping by. Life is not to be wasted. Family's not to be wasted. Your children are not to be wasted. And what he said is true. Nobody comes to the end of their life and wishes that they had worked more. You have a, a responsibility to impart to the next generation. But notice they are watching you. They're watching you. They're gleaning from you. They're taking impartation from you. And that's what they're going to, that's their fuel for life. That's their fuel for life. Yeah, that's right. So true, Susan. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm so thankful. God's blessed us with wonderful people at Miracle Word Church and the Victory Tribe. People that are faithful. People that are on fire. People that are pushing forward. People that are pressing into God's power. I'll tell you, it makes me happy. It makes me so happy to see people that are taking it so seriously. <laughs> I know it, Jay. That's right. Maddie was two years old when we, when we preached at your church for the very first Her time. And summer dresses pirates in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. and, it, and look at it. That was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And time's flying. And Jesus is coming and there's work to be done. Your children will be blessed. Your children are going to serve the Lord. Your children are going to be on fire. They'll be filled with the Holy Ghost at the youngest uh, age possible, earliest possible age. Think about this. And people, don't fill your life up with what doesn't matter. Right. Fill your life up with what matters. Hear from God. Take steps by faith. See, when you get too busy to hear from God, you're too busy to see God bring you into the success he has planned for your family. Amen. And I'm telling you, you'll never regret spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You'll never regret hearing and obeying the voice of God. Even if you don't understand what, why you're being asked to do the thing you're doing in that moment, let the future come. You'll never be sad you obeyed. Never. You'll never be sad you sought his face, prayed, fasted, got a word and moved forward on it. You'll never be sad about that. You'll be happy you did. Bible says he's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. So that's what we've been doing. 
I mean, and it doesn't stop either when the 21 days is up. Right. Sometimes, you know, everyone's all so gung-ho in just 21 days. But you still fast throughout the, the year. You still pray every day. It's not just 21 days of prayer and fasting and then on day, you know, 22nd, you're like, well, I don't have to pray today because it's not it's not during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a continual. It's almost like it's, you know, like a slingshot. It's pulling you back, pulling you back, pulling you back for pulling you back for the rest of the year. Launching you in. <laughs> and then um, that's how I've always looked. The Lord showed me this vision Oh, maybe three years ago during prayer and fasting, how 21 days of prayer and fasting was like a slingshot or like a catapult where you have to pull back, pull back, pull back, and then it flings you into the rest of the year. You have that momentum to go forward with what God has shown you, with what he's told you. You you know, you've made your vision list. You've, you've set before the Lord, this is what I'm asking for. This is what I, you know, the goals that I want to set. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to do. This are the, these are the doors I, I ask for you to open. And then I feel like this 21 days of prayer and fasting always for me is like through the 21 days, it's like it's getting stretched back, stretched back, stretched back. And then when we're released after prayer and fasting, I feel it's like, and then it shoots us into the rest of the year to receive our miracles, to see, you know, what we've been asking God for. And so that's how I, you know, look at these 21 days that we don't just end when it's over and we can eat again and all, everything goes back to normal. Things are normal now. Mm-hmm. It's just we're, we're resting and taking this time to really hear the voice of God. Amen. We get busy. Shows, voices, sign our kids up for this. We make sure we go to the gym. We sign ourselves up for this. We go do this. And we don't truly hear that voice. What's set for our life? Because you're going to be around a lot of people where good things are happening to them. But is it specifically for your life, for your family, over your kids, over your household? If it's not, you'll get the answer for that. Amen. (coughs) Pray for the people in TV land. (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for day 14. As we're stepping out, we're pressing in. This has been such a time of open heavens, Lord. Open heavens, meaning the supernatural is being pulled into the natural, Lord, that we're going to see what we're believing for. The family members we're asking to come back to the Lord, we're not ending 2024 without it happening. Restoration in our marriages, healing in our bodies, Lord, it is ours during this time of open heavens. Promotion in our jobs. Thank you, Father God, for putting us in new levels and new heights. But as we seek your time, Lord, as we seek your presence, as we're doing this fasting and prayer, Lord, that we hear clearly our next steps, clearly what you have for us. Every plan you have for us is perfect. Every Thing you ask us to do we're going to have the wisdom for we're going to have the strength we're going to run in joy and run in peace so thank you heavenly father for what you're imparting to us and we're going to be good stewards of the word we're going to listen and we're going to act in faith that what we believe what we say the word of god says in matthew that what we're asking for lord we're going to receive but the rest of the verse continues if we have faith and that's us we are faith people we operate in faith what we 
can see in the supernatural, we're going to hold our hands because we are living under an open heavens here in 2024. Thank you, Father God, for as we're believing for healing in our body, peace in our mind, it is ours. You have new parts in heaven. We're not trying to get fixed up. We're not trying to slap a Band-Aid on what you have. We're asking, Lord, for healing for each and every person listening to this that needs healing in their body. I command healing. I rebuke the enemy. He has no place in our life. He has no hold over our situation for we're not victims. We walk in the mighty victory of God. You've already given us the champion's belt. You've already given us a way out. So thank you, Lord, as we walk in that. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.